on this episode of Thoughts from the Shade. We'll recap the Eagles' win over the Minnesota Vikings on Monday night. We'll take a look around week two in the NFL. We'll take a look at week three in college and talk about Penn State's win over Auburn. Bomb has a bone to pick this week. What else is new? And each of us will give three games to comprise our mix and match six pack of games to look forward to. Let's do it. Here we go. Episode 62. Thoughts from the shade coming to you on a Wednesday night. Don't forget, wherever you're listening, drop us that five-star review, that rating. Hit the subscribe button and uh, sit back and enjoy. Big win for the Birds Monday night against Minnesota. And we're on episode 62. It's Bombs Boys, Jason Kelsey's episode. It's the Jason Kelsey episode. Bomb, how are you? Come on, man! Jason Kelsey episode. I'm doing all right, G. I'm ready to ready to talk birds. Ready to talk football. Happy to be here. He's got his own podcast now with his brother Travis. Yeah, let me tell you something, brother. My Super Bowl ring is going to be better than your Hall of Fame induction. What are we talking about here? In season two. And and yet Tra yet Travis in the stands on Monday night. I, I think that's a violation. I mean, it's one thing to support your family, but where where did they where did Kansas City play on Sunday? Or, or they played they played Thursday. Okay, maybe maybe it's an exception for the Thursday game, but in season podcast and flying around going to the other guy's game on a, on a week that's not a buy, questionable, but it's all blasphemy. Monday night, Eagles win twenty four to seven. Beat down. Absolute beat down. Was it wasn't much of a game. A lot of juice in the building. Um, and I, I think the birds fed off of it. Quick start. Never looked back. Primetime Kirk Cousins. I think he's up to two and ten on Monday night football. And and it's even worse if you add in Thursday and Sundays, but all around Pretty good win. I, I mean, we could nitpick a little bit, but uh, I feel like the win has definitely sent sent the crazies, the Philly crazies, into a frenzy. Uh, you, you have people talking Super Bowl. You have the national media all all over the Twitter and the Instagram with the memes since the Bills were playing that night too. About here's the Super Bowl matchup: Bills Eagles. Uh, you got the Jalen Hurts MVP talk. It's all it's all coming out two games into the season, but. Guess what did you make of uh, their performance Monday night, Bomb? Dominant performance. I mean, I, I think the Vikings are a fraudulent team. I told you one of these little dweeby dudes, you know, the Lafleurs of the world, the McVeighs of the world. Like these got one of these guys is just going to shit the bed. I think this is the guy that shits the bed. This O'Connell, this Kirk Cousins is a fraud. He's a bum. He just t- he just cashes the check. He's a stiff. Um, threw the ball to big play all night long the ball to Maddox. He's a bum. Um, what do I take out of it? I mean, I'm not prepared to sit here and say they're going to the Super Bowl, but through two weeks 
after watching the Eagles, after watching their divisional opponents, to me, they look like a divisional winner. To me, they look like a team that's going to, at the very least, host a home playoff game. You know, if 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 it's a special season, it's something more than that. I think it's great. You now have your answer at quarterback. Um, but to to go ahead and and talk Super Bowl, I think is foolish, especially since so much of the fan base has been a Hurts hater, a Howie hater. Where are they now, G? Where are these folks? I don't know. Are you ready? Are you ready? To say that the quarterback issue is solved in game two? No, I'm not ready to annoy All anything. Right. You know, unlike the Wentz worshippers who yearly gave the guy a bag, kicked our Super Bowl MVP to the curb, we don't have to make a decision yet. Let the guy – in Philadelphia, there's this weird phenomenon where the minute you see somebody play well in, like, your sweater or your jersey, we immediately have to give the guy a bag. We did it with Ryan Howard. Now, Ryan Howard produced. He was an MVP. But we paid that guy a boatload of money during a season in which Howard, Prince Fielder, and Albert Pujols were all going to be free agents. We basically set the ceiling for the market. I don't understand that it's a, it's a uniquely Philadelphia thing where you get these mouth-breathing bozos that talk about, well, we got to pay our homegrown guys, man. Just lock them up long term. What are we doing? There's no, there's no need to wait. There's no need to, to do that. Look at what Baltimore is doing with Lamar. Let it play out. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's that's what what we're doing with this season with Jalen, and I think I think it's paying off early. To be honest, for me, I came out obviously of Monday night feeling a little bit better about him and about the team as a whole uh, than I did in Week One. I feel like a lot of people were. Not ready to crown Jalen in week one, but, you know, he, he put up the numbers. Uh, I didn't really see it through the air in week one as much as maybe I, I would like to, and, and granted it's one game. Uh, but Monday night, even one of the throws that got called back, he's running to his left. He hit Watkins on the sideline, toe tapper. It, it was called back, but just a hell of a throw. Um, he's just moving him right down the field. And then not to pivot away from Hurts totally, but – the defense, uh, Jonathan Gannon, your boy, JG, give, give him a little bit of credit for give him his flowers. Yeah. Give, give him his flowers for the game plan on Monday night. I think they got after Kirk cousins with the blitz over 10 times. Um, and obviously got the job done. They fed off the crowd. They got a lot of pressure. Uh, I, I believe Darius Slay led the Minnesota Vikings in targets on Monday night. Um, but yeah, I mean, all, all around, Good performance, you have it, you got to feel good about it. But I will say, they didn't score in the second half. Um, and the last time I checked, the Minnesota Vikings. I, I mean, what what are they? It, it was prime time. Kirk. It's a first year head coach. Yes, it's a good team. Yes, they did a great job on Jefferson. But I don't know. The reaction to this game was as it always is in this city. It, it was very dramatic with the Super Bowl the MVP. All this stuff. Uh, And the last thing that I want to gripe about is one of the prized acquisitions of the offseason, Hassan Reddick. I don't know if you noticed this, but they got him playing outside linebacker and a little bit on the edge, I guess mixing back and forth. But when he's at outside linebacker, I feel like opposing teams just attack him with a tight end or a guy in the slot because he got burned a couple times the other night. I I don't think 
that we can have him out there uh, in coverage for the long haul this year. AMG, you're going with a defensive gripe after they hold him to seven. Wow. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's primetime Kirk, man. It's not like we played Tom Brady. Uh, it's not like we did what the Bills did in week one and went into L.A., the home of the Super Bowl champs, and absolutely dismantled them. It's the Minnesota Vikings. The reason why I'm not overreacting to this is because I think people think the Vikings are better than they actually are. Like, they fired their coach last year. <laughs> I think they're not. They're I mean, not a good I don't. I don't think they're all that bad. Christ, I got a. I got a small ticket on them for for the Super Bowl. Well, you're fucking crazy. I yeah. Mean, I told you the moment, they're a seven and ten football team. They'll lose two games to to Green Bay. They'll probably lose two games to Detroit. I think Detroit actually is a better. I mean, we saw what they did. Is it possible that maybe we were lulled to sleep and said, "Oh my God, they barely got out of Detroit." Is it possible maybe Detroit's a little better than people give them credit for? I, d- I definitely have that thought has crossed my mind as well after wa- watching the first couple weeks. But I don't think Minnesota is as bad as they were on Monday night. But I also don't think uh, that they're this hot, hot and up and coming team immediately this year. Like I think they they'll, they'll have to scratch and claw to make the playoffs if they want to. But I, I don't know. It just you you look around the league, you look around the national media, and and the Eagles are the the talk, and it's it's great to see. But we're two games in, and we played the Lions and we played Minnesota. I I don't mean to repeat myself, but it's not like we went into Lambeau or we went into Tampa Bay or we went into Buffalo or you know the defending Super Bowl champs. So they they look good, but again they didn't score in the second half. They gave Minnesota. Plenty of chances to get back in that game. I mean, you look at the drop from Irv Smith. I think that was in the first half. That was a touchdown drop. Uh, you had the blocked field goal attempt in the second half. Uh, Gainwell, you know, bobbles that screen pass up into the air, gives Minnesota a short field. And again, luckily, Kirk Cousins was only throwing to Darius Slay on Monday night. Any other team that, that's half decent is, is probably going to beat you because of some of those mishaps. So, not perfect. Definitely a better performance than week one. You know, the, I don't think the game was ever in question. Um, and it felt like we were back in early of last season with with all the illegal man downfield penalties. I don't know if that was just a one-off with that officiating crew uh, because that crew I thought was garbage. The guy looked like a ghost. I'm not sure if uh, his heart was beating out there on the pitch on Monday night, but I don't know. Am, am, I, am I being Negadelphia too negative or what? I think you're being realistic, but you also have to remember that Super Bowl season, the Eagles were in a dogfight against uh, the Redskins in week one. They went out to L.A. They, that was kind of a stinker of a game until they pulled away late and just grounded down on the ground. I think this team could round into form. And what better way to do it than get into Washington and just beat the living piss out of, uh, you know, Mr. Bobcat, Tractor, Finn golf scooters, uh, you know, hunting dogs, uh, Yakuba hunting dog gear, and uh, uh, all the different optical and tactical gear that the guy has. This is it. This is this is, this is bomb Super Bowl this weekend. This is, this is it. And I, I'm telling you, I don't think 11 is going to be the quarterback when they come to the link. This, I mean, I, I hate the line. 
I hate the line. Hate it. You do? Six and a half on the road. I mean, I got to give away six and a half on the road. But I have, I have to, G. This is you got to lay it. Empty the clip moment. All the you got to, all you got to do is look at who the quarterbacks are. Jalen Hurts. I'm out dancing on him. Where you get that cornball bum with with the neck acne and Carson Wentz. Give me Hurts all day long. Laying the points. Let's go, Birds. This really is. I mean, not only for the season, an early divisional game, but for the fan base. Gotta have. This is a huge game for the Hurts people, the Wentz people. I would say we're definitely Hurts people. Um, and I feel like anyone that listens to this show, by the way, like, yeah, maybe I'm nitpicking a little bit through these first two weeks. Hurts has been great. Could he do a little better? Absolutely. But we're through two games. I think he is going to do better. But we, we defended him all last year. Uh, this this is a pro Hurts pod right now. And it has been since, since its inception. So I just want to clear that up. Uh, Eagles at Commanders, minus six and a half, one o'clock on Sunday on Fox. Huge game, huge game. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a game for the Eagles. I think it's a big game for the city. Like, oh well, dude, yeah, not maybe not for the the players. I think it's a big game for Sirianni. I think it's a big for game Howie. For and I think it's a big game for Jeffrey Lurie. I mean, if there was ever a time for Jeff Lurie to get in into that locker room, reprint the fifty three Angry Men T shirts. And fire these boys up like they're like they're getting ready to be shot out of a cannon. I think it's this week. Yeah, Howie like, and Lori have to get down there and talk to the boys, and they have to win this game. But no, what I was gonna say is like you had Hurts play outstanding on Monday night, and even some of the detractors they're they're starting to turn and be Hurts people. Uh, this this would be the the icing on the cake if Hertz shows out over Wentz in Washington on Sunday and and if that happens, what can the Wentz people say? Is there anything left to be said from from the Wentz people if Jalen Hertz plays a better game and the Eagles win on Sunday? Um, here's what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna give everybody a piece of advice. Um, number one, there won't be anything left to say. Uh, Wentz is horrific. I mean, he's putting up like uh, you know vanity numbers here. His passing yards. The guy just falls into sacks. He's a bum. But go on his Instagram and look through the comments before you do it. Make sure to call your primary care doctor. See if he can prescribe you an anti-emetic medication because you read the comments and all you want to do is vomit. There are people that are still in Wentz's comments, jock sniffing. We miss you in Philly. We <laughs> won the Super Bowl without you, bro. We love you, Carson. Shut the fuck up! We're going to war with this son of a bitch on Sunday. I'm so fucking sick and tired of these jock sniffers. So if you're going to do anything this week, as a listener of this fucking podcast, get your ass into his comment section and start battling with these dweebs that are in their... Jock sniffing. I'm so tired of it. We we wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without you. That- you Carson, he was on the fucking sidelines. 
Yeah, that I don't know. You'd have to do a deep dive or something, but he yeah, he got us off to the hot start, but it's all about finishing and he he wasn't the guy that finished the job in my eyes. It's not even about that like there's there's multiple people saying miss you in Philly, wish you were still QB1. Who? Where? Yeah. I I I I'd love to get somebody like that on this podcast. So anybody out there listening, uh, if you know somebody, if you are somebody that that is still pro Wentz, please reach out uh, on Twitter at TFTS Pod on Instagram at Thoughts from the Shade. Just send us a message. We will see it, and we will have you on the podcast to discuss. So you're gonna you're you're ready to lay the six and a half on Sunday? I'm ready to lay the six and a half. Yeah, of course. Because I, I got to be totally honest. I I don't I don't love it. And I, yeah, I, but you have to love it. This is it, it's like uh, I don't know. It, it's like Russia invading Ukraine. Like, do I love that we're on the side of the Ukrainians? No, but it's the right side. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's it's never a doubt that I'm going to root for the birds, but like, we're, you have to lay the points. We're off to a great start, dude. Whenever we go to Washington, it's it's an ugly game. It's a dogfight. I don't think that's going to happen this year. No. No, it's going to be turnover city, dude. Big play, Slay dancing all over eleven. Hassan Reddick coming off the edge. He won't be in coverage this week, G. They're going to hear you. He's coming off the edge. He's going to be swatting at that ball, man. The Wentz fumbles are back. All the people talking. He never throws interceptions. He's so good with the ball. He's going to drop it three times. He's a bum. I need need one of two things on Sunday out of Wentz. I need an interception to a defensive lineman on a screen pass, or I need a a sack fumble in, in the end zone. Uh, that either results in a safety or an Eagles touchdown. He did that on Sunday. It's a, it's every week. By, by the way, since we're on the topic of that Super Bowl team and these mouth breathers, Wentz people, let's not forget the Venn diagram of Wentz people and Reich people. It was the same circle. And there were people when Reich went to go to Indianapolis that said, the wrong left. He was the brains of the operation. Doug Peterson is nothing without Frank Reich. Um, let me tell you something, guys. I was a Doug guy. You were a Doug guy. We're both Doug guys. We're both Hertz guys. Doug Peterson goes up against, I guess, what these people think are the, the you know, the, the brains of the operation. That's what they were calling it. Doug, Doug just does the cute ice cream thing, but Frank's scheming it up. 24 fucking nothing. 24 to nothing. Bullwheel. Went out to midfield, shook his hand, sent him home. Fuck out of here with this shit. There were people that wanted to run Doug out of town, run Foles out of town. They wanted to keep Reich and Wentz. Imagine if we kept, imagine if our, our organization was Frank Reich and Carson Wentz right now. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean that that's that's the perfect segue for us to go into our week two recap and rundown and, and again starting 
with the 0-1-1 Frank Reich-led Colts after a 24-0 shutout at the hands of Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Again, it's another moot point from the Wentz worshipers, uh, the Reich warriors, whatever you might want to call them. But Doug is in his first year with it with the team. Uh, he's with with a young quarterback. You got Frank Reich, who's in year four. He's got a veteran quarterback. Uh, obviously, you know you know about Jonathan Taylor. Sorry, is this year five? Eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. I think. Either way. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to check for sure, but it's it's way more than year one. Uh, and, and I know the Colts are a little banged up. Pittman was out. Uh, Shaq Leonard on defense. Their defensive leader's out. But to go down to Jacksonville in a divisional game, you know, against your uh, your heir or, or whatever you want to call it. I've been watching that House of the Dragon show. Uh, and to lay a goose egg in a divisional game, uh, disgusting. How about Thursday? A divisional game against the team that bounced you last year. In a must-win game. Yeah, you, you would you would think uh, Indianapolis would have had all the bulletin board material they needed for that one. Not a good look for Frank. I feel like that seat's got to be getting warm. But uh, we skipped over Thursday night. Good game at Arrowhead. Chiefs 27, Chargers 24, Justin Herbert. The dinged-up ribs. But you know what? Everybody said, why is he staying in? Why is he staying in? They're down 10 with... Two minutes left. He's staying in to throw a dime on fourth down with cracked ribs so that I can cover plus four. That's the kind of season I'm having where you're on the wrong side the entire night and you're getting the back door. And I'm all, I feel like I've been on the right side and I'm getting fucking booned. Oh, the Chargers was the right side in that game, man. That wasn't. Yeah, it was. They were they, they the game was tied. They no. They were driving right down the field, going in to take a 24-17 lead. Gerald, Gerald Everett takes the ball down to the two. He taps, taps, need a blow, coach. Brandon Staley says, hurry up, hurry up. They go to Everett, who's gassed, and he doesn't run the route. Herbert throws a pick right to Kansas City, pick six, game over. So you think you're on the right side because a guy who was tired was on the field? Come on, man. Every sucker was on the Chargers. And I won, so it was ultimately the right side. It it, was it, sucker it, Thursday. It should it should have been an outright. It should have been an easy cover. Uh, it was the right side, and, and it still prevailed. So I, I'm two and zero on Thursday nights, and I gave out another winner with the Eagles Monday night. You know, the social me- media video posts, man, three and zero this year. Wow. Game of the week. I'm flying out to San Diego on Sunday, and uh, I, you know, luckily now the internet actually works on some of these planes. So I'm on the American app. I get plugged in. They got Red Zone. They got CBS. They got Fox. So I'm on this like five, six hour flight. I got all the games going on my iPhone. I'm on the Raiders. They're up big. Fucking Feeling great a. about the Raiders. They're up big, and that little fucking twerp, Midget Mary, running around, dancing. You know, flashing the ball out. By the way, they needed that two-point conversion at the end of regulation, which even if if they – I wanted it to go to overtime, so the chance for the cover. That Max Crosby's a bum. He should have sacked him on third down or fourth down or whatever it was, had him, had him dead to rights, just dropped him. 
But if you watch that scramble where he goes in to score the six, he flips the ball at the defender. Where's the is, 15? Is there, is there no 15 coming up on the two point that where you got to tie it? I guess if you're I mean, like, that, if you're under five foot seven and you taunt on your way into the end zone, they don't throw the flag. Like Tyreek Hill throwing up the deuces or Midget Murray flipping the ball. That was one of the most sickening gambling losses I've seen in a while. That one hurt. I, I think it was 20 to 20 to zip or 20 to seven at half. Uh, Vegas was up. Yeah, they were, they were up. They, they shot him out at the half. I, I don't think – I could be wrong. I thought I heard they didn't they didn't get a first down in the second half or they got two first downs in the second half. Dude, it was bad. Piss poor, piss poor out of uh, the Raiders. But you called, it, you called it on this show last week when we were previewing the game a little bit. You said it was the fraud fest. That's exactly what it was. It was a tale of two halves. It was a close game that went to overtime, ended on a – on a shitty throw that led to the receiver being off balance, getting hit, fumbling the ball, and a scoop and score in the fraud fest out west. Uh, had the New York Jets. Holy shit. What an ending there. Nick Chubb could have went down. Scores the late touchdown with under two minutes left. Uh, the Browns missed the extra point, so they're up 13. Joe Flacco, elite Joe Flacco, leads the Jets down the field. Touchdown. Recovered onside kick. He does it again. The late touchdown to rookie out of Ohio State, Garrett Wilson. And the Jets make the extra point. They shock the Browns in the fourth quarter, 31-30. to We talked about the Lions win over the Commanders, 36-27. to Got to love to see that. Deuce going down. Uh, Dan Campbell and the boys in Detroit get on the board. Uh, game I had my eye on. I, I'm glad that I didn't, though. Uh, on Sunday, because it wasn't televised in the Philly area, Bucks twenty at New Orleans ten. Uh, Jameis pick city. I'm not going to blame the injury for the Jameis picks. I think uh, everybody knows that's just what Jameis does. He either wins or he hands the other team a win. Uh, I watched a lot of this game: Panthers, Giants. Uh, you talk about. I don't know if I want to call it a fraud fest. Both of those teams are pretty tough. It's like watching a Temple game. Like I know rules on the sideline, but it like it struck me as if I was watching like Temple, like Temple Rutgers. That's what it felt like. That like a little appetizer. That, that's exactly what the score looked like, dude. Um, but I watched most of that game. It it was uh, it was either that on Fox or Patriots Steelers on CBS. I, I mean, talk about low entertainment value in the one o'clock window. But I won't call it the fraud fest. I'll call I'll call both those games the slop fests because it's just it's just not good ball. Giants two and zero tied for first in the NFC East with the Eagles. Uh, Patriots seventeen, Steelers fourteen. Another slop fest. Uh, maybe the game game of the day. Dolphins forty two, Ravens thirty eight. Uh, Dolphins with twenty eight points in the fourth quarter to come back and win the game after trailing by 21 at halftime. I gave people two dogs on Sunday. Took the points. They both won outright. If only we had that in week one. But that's why you keep firing. Keep firing, baby. Good shit. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was just a crazy game. I think both those teams will be in the mix at, at the end of the year. But how about some defense, fellas? 
Uh, Rams over the Falcons. Falcons had a chance to win that game outright. Uh, they were going in late. Mariota gets hit. Ball sails to, of course, our buddy Jalen Ramsey, uh, who runs around like an asshole after making a pick against a terrible Atlanta Falcon team. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons team, excuse me. Helmet came off. He's over near the stands celebrating like, dude, he's the worst. Yeah, he gets a real matchup in week one, and he's nowhere to be seen. And then uh, his D-line gets home and forces an errant throw, and, and the guy thinks he's uh, Darrell Revis. Uh, 49ers over the Seahawks, 27-7. to I think the big story out of that game was the Trey Lance broken ankle out for the year. Good thing they signed Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean, that's, that seems to be the hallmark of these North Dakota State um, quarterbacks is they go out with a severe injury and the team seems to improve with the backup. So uh, maybe take a flyer on San Fran, Super Bowl. Who knows, man? You might get a little value there. Value City. Uh, another team that lost their starting quarterback in week one, the Dallas Cowboys. They, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? They beat the Cincinnati Bengals. 20-17 to 17 at Jerry World Sunday. Uh, tough, tough look for Cincinnati. Tough start to, to reshuffle their new look offensive line. Uh, is not up to speed yet. And I don't know. I feel like you get Cowboys, Bengals in that 425 slot, CBS on Sunday. Even though Dak's out, you're, you kind of know. You're going to get a game. You're going to get a close game, and Cowboys pulled it out. So good for them, uh, but fuck them also. Uh, Texans at Broncos. This this is my – I mean, I watched this game. I, I don't even know what to say. Broncos win 16-9 in, in the home opener. Uh, Juice, West Coast Juice and I had Denver in the survivor pool. It was a sweat. Uh, but we're wow. but we're on to week three. Were you counting on the play clock like the fans? Like th- that was embarrassing. So embarrassing. I mean, it's one thing to to bring in Russell Wilson. He's a new quarterback. Maybe it takes him a few games. Let's ride. Let's ride. Yeah, I don't think like I don't think starting against your former team in Seattle with the twelfth man and everything like. I understand how they could lose that game, even though the coach made a complete boneheaded mistake at the end of that game. Uh, He made numerous in this game on Sunday against Houston. Should have cost them if Houston was half decent, but Nathaniel Hackett is my stiff of the week. I don't know how this guy has a job. Um, He's very indecisive. Any fourth down, you know, the special teams, you know, whether it's a punt or a field goal, whether he knows which one, I'm not sure, but they don't trot out onto the field until there's about 10 seconds left on the play clock. Bomb, you alluded to it. The fucking fans in Denver, uh, once we got into probably the second half of the game, every time that the Broncos had the ball, they were counting down the play clock so that they got the playoff in time because Denver took delay of game penalties. Uh, they were burning timeouts. I mean, I think they had no timeouts left in the second half when the fourth quarter started or early in the fourth. Um, they decided to take a delay game call and then punt and what would have been a 59-yard field goal at altitude when the guy didn't want to kick like a 54-yarder the week before. In terms of the clock management, I've seen enough from this guy in two weeks 
This guy's worse than Andy Reid. I, I, it's impossible. Yeah, like I can't even I can't even put the words together because it's so unfathomable that this guy is an NFL head coach. Realistically, you would think the team gels a little bit, they get it together. But in terms of this coach, what I've seen through two games, I, I don't know if you can recover from that. So it's funny you say that because I was thinking about these new coaches and every year there's a, there's a retreads, you know, getting rehired and there's new coaches and this and that. And they always talk about the robust screening and interview process, right? G. Oh, we had a robust interview process with so many candidates, X, Y, Z. What is the interview process? That's what I want to know with these NFL teams, because if it's like, tell me about yourself or walk me through your resume. Like, I, I just, I, I don't know what to say. Is it me or should they just be putting these coaches through various scenarios on Xbox and being like, all right, two minutes left. You're down by 11. What do you, what are you doing? Like, when do you take the time out? When do you, like, it just doesn't seem like there's any game management that's even evaluated during the interview process. No. And what I meant to say is that this guy was willing to take Russell Wilson off the field, let the clock run out, and kick a 64-yarder in Seattle on week one. And then in week two at home at altitude, he was willing to take a delay game penalty, which extended the field goal attempt to 59 yards and then decided to punt uh, with McManus, who, who's, who's a pretty good no, kicker. I think, I think it was 58 or 59, and then they couldn't get him out there quick enough. And then they had the delay game, and then they had to punt. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was bad. Like, it, it was really bad. Uh, and then they had, like, a, I think they had a fourth down play or a third down play before that entire thing transpired where they did, like, a handoff to a tight end. It was, like, a triple option where he's looking to throw. It was his first carry in, like, three years. Yeah, he's just two on his it was, it was a, Yeah, that's it, what it was. It was, like, a speed option to a tight end. Total shit. And they just continue to pan to this guy standing on the sidelines, and you can tell he's he's just shitting a brick. Um, yeah, he's got just, like, shit running down his leg. So I, I, I don't even know what else to say, but I, I knew I knew coming into this show when we got to this game that I had to say Nathaniel Hackett, stiff of the week, because they'll be on Sunday Night Football against uh, San Francisco this week. I I hope for that guy's fucking sake that we don't see more blunders like that, but most people will be watching that game, national TV, just just know what you're in for. Uh, it, it'll surely be a treat. Uh, Packers over the Bears, 27-10. Me and Bomb both had it. Kind of obvious, you know, grass is green, sky is blue. Packers off a loss at home against Chicago, easy cover. And Monday night before the Eagles, Buffalo Bills, 41, Titans, Seven, uh, Bills look fucking good. Titans looking like a step back this year. And I want to, I want to take this time to already give myself a little bit of a pat on the back with this with this Jacksonville over six and a half. I mean, come on, catch shit now. Colts stink. Titans stink. Jags win the division. Might might be, might be between the Jags and the Texans, man. Crazy. Do you got anything else in the league or for the birds? You're laying it with the birds, man. Uh, Have to. I mean, this is, again, this right. is this is a huge game. Makes me a little nervous, man. This 
I think this is the biggest game of the Hertz era. I don't think you're wrong. I really don't think you're wrong. I, I think the, the playoff game last year was obviously a big game, but it was kind of the first uh, stepping stone. Playing against the best quarterback of all time. Like yeah. I'm not expecting much in that situation. This is the moment where you go in and you basically just say, yeah, man, the right move was made. Yeah, we're literally, this is the game to find out if the right move was made or not. Uh, well, in the public's mind, I know the right move was made. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not saying in, in our minds. I'm saying in the uh, the mind of the Philly nuts. Uh, over to college, I feel like it was a pretty light light slate. Not too many crazy matchups. Not too many uh, too many upsets. We had Oregon over BYU uh, in Eugene. I gave that one out, but I think I went two and three in college. So. We got we got to refocus on the college board this week. Maybe give out a few less plays. Really hone in on on one, two, or three. I gave you a winner, and Bob gave us a winner with o, Old Dominion, Old ODU. Almost outright. Almost outright. I think they lost by two, right? Sixteen, fourteen. Field goal at the end, yeah. Um, but yeah, just just a one and zero day from Bob channeling his, his inner James Franklin. And that was really the game of the day. Uh, Penn state going down the Jordan hair, uh, and, and putting the beat down on Auburn 41 to 12. Uh, so we know that I'm the Penn state guy, but I'm curious to get the unbiased non Penn state guys take on what he saw from the big 10 going into sec country and laying it down. I hate that. Like the big 10 going into sec country. Like that's just, so what, if you went down to South Carolina, you'd be chant. I couldn't believe the Penn State fans down there in their blue and white with their Joe Pye, you know, wearables on, chanting S-E-C. Were they chanting? They were chanting S-E-C in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's a I mean, look. come on, man. I mean, the last time the last time they played Bama, they got waxed um, back in the, was it A.J. McCarron era? Um, yep. I don't know. Good win. I mean, this kid Singleton looks unbelievable. I mean, why aren't we just, they just, just got to feed that guy the ball. Yeah. I got, I got a, a good stat on Singleton. Hang on. First three games at Penn state, Saquon Barkley, 34 carries for three eleven, nine point one 9.1 yards a carry and three touchdowns. Nick Singleton, 30 carries, 334 yards for 11.1 yards per tote, four touchdowns. Yeah, they got something there. They just got to make this change of QB. I mean, the best part of that game on uh, Saturday was Clifford getting absolutely lit the fuck up. That was early on too, man. I I, I give him credit. He I give him credit. He got up. He was sent to another dimension. Like he was parallel with the ground, about four feet off the ground. He was limitless. He, he, dude, that should be the new logo for his NIL company, Limitless. He really, he looked like he was limitless. But I, I, I don't think for for me, it's not a game to kill Clifford. Uh, the run, nah, game, nah. the run game was strong. Uh, the offensive line, like I feel like my biggest fear coming into this game was RO line against Auburn's defensive front. I feel like that's what people talked about coming into the game, and the offensive line held their own. Opened up some holes, and we now we have guys in Singleton and even Katron Allen that can run a little bit. And I feel like that's no knock on Ford or or Lee, uh, but they're just not really explosive guys. And now that's what Penn State has in these freshmen, and that kind of alleviates 
a little bit of the shortcoming on the O-line. Thought Clifford was fine. Didn't have to do a lot. Didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he missed Washington uh, out in the flat on one red zone play. Uh, You know, a couple missed throws here. But I think between the two games against Auburn uh, the last two years, the kid had like nine or ten incompletions, which is pretty remarkable. Um, And then on defense, got to give Penn State a ton of credit. Manny Diaz mixing up looks. Uh, They're getting a lot of guys involved. Uh, You think about all the playmakers – you know, the guys that were making plays, I should say, you know, they'll call them playmakers. I want to see them make plays in October against Michigan and against Ohio State, some better competition. But uh, Curtis Jacobs, freshman Abdul Carter, the at linebacker, these guys are flying around making plays. You got Jair Brown uh, kind of replacing ja- Jaquan Brisker this year. He's flying around making plays. Four, four, first, four forced turnovers. Uh, from the Nets, and, you know, if you don't win big when you win the turnover battle that big, it's no good. But I thought it was an impressive performance. Um, it Auburn's certainly not the class of the SEC, so I, I, I said it. But I think in reality, Auburn is kind of a dumpster fire right now. Um, but anytime you can go to SEC country, you can go on the road into an SEC environment and win and win like that, how can you not take away positivity? You're missing the big picture here. I mean, you just took us through all the mishmash and the depth chart and the fourth outside linebacker who looks good and the replacement of Jaquan Brisker who got burnt like toast on Sunday night against Aaron Rodgers. You're missing the big picture here, G. And I got to tell you something. It bodes well for Penn State. Hey, it now. bodes well for Penn State. What do we got? They look like a different program on CBS. They look bigger. They look faster. They look stronger. Hearing Brad Nessler and Gary Danielson talk about Sean Clifford made me, made me, an anti-Sean Clifford guy, feel more confident in his abilities. I mean, I'm sitting there watching the game. I go, this. They look like a totally different team. I mean, I watched them on ABC, ESPN, Fox. They look like same old Penn State. Now they play on CBS. You got the Big Ten CBS deal coming. You got them. Like, I don't know, man. Is Penn State back to being a power on CBS? That CBS broadcast is elite. I think it's – I personally think – I would say Nestler and Danielson, yeah. If if the game is big enough, they're – they're, they're the best tandem to me. I mean, Gus and Joel are good. Herbie and Fowler are pretty good. But, no, uh, they looked good. And I, did, I didn't mention the D-line, too. The transfer from Maryland, Chop, Robinson, uh, Addis Isaac back from injury. I'm ru- ru- running through the names, but got to show love because I feel like after Purdue, we kind of talked about how it's really just the secondary and the front seven is going to have to step up. But the front seven was was certainly there. Saturday against Auburn and Auburn's no, uh, you know, no aerial threat. Uh, they were flipping quarterbacks and stuff, but they have a couple of running backs in Bigsby and Hunter uh, that can make plays. And I think both of them both had a long rush of 12 yards. So credit to be given, uh, but also got to understand. I don't, I don't think this Auburn team is like an eight or nine win team. I think in the SEC they're five, six win team, but. You know, everybody wants to talk this versus that. And, you know, if if you're shitting on Penn State and you don't think Penn State's very good, then you, you got to think uh, 
a middle of the pack Big Ten team versus a middle of the pack SEC team, and Penn State came out big. But I will say, my preseason prediction, I had them at three and zero. They're three and zero. They were five and zero last year. This is the mo. I believe I'd have to dig it back up. But I call them September State. Uh, the last few years, I think they're 17 out of 20 covering the number against the spread in September. So it's all it's all good and well. You know, I'm re- reading up uh, the the JF, the James Franklin, and the player pressers on Tuesday, and it's all good and jolly, and it's a love fest. And this guy is making plays, and the O line is coming along nicely, and and this and that, but. Yeah, I feel good, but I've seen it all before, and i I need to see I need to see them play in Michigan. Uh, I think they have Central Michigan, they have Northwestern, they have a bye, and then they go to the Big House. They should be five and zero. Michigan should be undefeated. Should be a huge game if they can go in there and get a win, or even show well, play a good game. Then maybe 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 I'll be thinking ten wins. Michigan stinks. Um, you're discounting the quarterback that you guys just just signed, Chad Powers. I mean, this guy looks like he can sling it. I mean, I was shocked that Franklin was able to bring this guy on board as a walk-on. Yeah, for anybody that didn't see, got got to check it out. Chad Powers, uh, played by Eli Manning. E- Eli's having a blast in retirement. Him and Peyton, I kind of, I kind of enjoy it, but. Yeah, he went in and uh, he did the run-on tryout. It's the run-on program at Penn State, not the walk-on program. So the, uh, I'm glad you said something about uh, about the Man- the Mannings. Eli, when he was in New York, kind of just struck you as this all shucks guy, dude. He's he's fucking funny, man. I mean, this whole Chad Powers thing, like he had some a couple like really quick-witted like zingers built in with the homeschooling and. You know, my mom can't teach, but she taught me how to throw a football. Like, oh, shit. It was, like, pretty funny. Um, and they did they did a thing where he FaceTimed uh, Peyton. And Peyton's like, yeah, man, just get in rhythm, throw a couple check downs. And, chat, and Eli goes, yeah, man, Power, Powers just wants to sling it down the field. That's, that's, what, that's what Chad Powers does. We're not checking the ball down. Talking in the third person, man. Yeah, so yeah, good. That, that, that was good. Um but no, we'll uh we'll get to our, our mix and match six pack. Bob and I'll give three games a piece uh to look forward to in the upcoming weekend of football. Uh but first we're gonna change gears. I think we're going to the sport of basketball for Bomb's Bone to pick of the week. This week's uh, bone to pick of the week is a uh, a work bone. So I'm out at uh, in San Diego for a work conference, uh, flying directly there from a bachelor party, and you know the work conference is over at a a very prominent hotel in, in Coronado. Uh, some of you may know it, Hotel Del Coronado. And uh, your boy Bomb, he's he flew in, he's exhausted after watching all the football on the plane, all the red zone, all the action. He's pissed off at the world because. Derek Carr couldn't pull through. Midget Mary pulled it out. And I'm uh, I'm in the lobby. There's a big line. There's a huge queue of people, um, you know, waiting to check in. And 
I get in line and I look at a guy, maybe two people, one or two people in front of me. And I see he's like got a duffel bag. It's a big Dallas Mavericks logo. Um, so I'm looking at this guy, taller guy, dark hair. He's on the phone talking away, blah, blah, blah. He turns around. It's the cubes. It's Mark Cuban. So, you know, cubes is standing there in line like the rest of us average Joes and, he steps right up to the counter and they check him in. They whisk him away. And then the same lady who was checking in the cubes goes to check me in, G. And she goes, sir, can I, can I see your ID? And I said, what? I'm not as recognizable as the last guest. What the hell do you need to see my ID for? <laughs> and she just she just starts laughing at me. Um, she knew the cubes. Yeah, she knew the cubes. She didn't know the bomb. And it's like, listen, you got to dial in a TFTS lady. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, no, I mean... Um, the bone isn't with the cubes. Like the guy was like having some sort of business meetings out there, you know, kind of in the same industry. And, um, by all accounts, just looking at like how he was interacting with people, like seemed like a really good dude. Like, you know, it took time to kind of shake hands, take pictures, but maybe I'm crazy here. G. Um, my bone to pick isn't with the cubes. So I'm out there, for, like I said, for this work conference and you have like, 45, 50, 55 year old, like guys who were there for work, you know, milling around the, the lobby or outside of the hotel and cubes is there with his guy. He's got a folder guy. You know how the football coaches have like a get back guy. Cubes has got a folder cubes, guy. Cubes has a folder guy who just stands there in a, in joggers and like, you know, whatever shoe deal the Mavericks have. And he's got the manila folder and that's the guy he's, the, he's, he's the get back guy of business. Hey cubes, we got to take you here. Your next meeting's at 1210. Let's go. Let's get moving. <laughs> so, you know, football coaches have the get back guy, but they, then cubes has the folder guy, manila folder guy. So the folder guys there, he's standing around, I guess they're waiting for the next meeting. But like I said, 45, 50, 55, 60 year old guys, all making good money, all there for work all suited up walking up to this guy and taking pictures. Like it's Jesus Christ himself. Yeah. Cubes. Can I get a picture? Can I get a picture? Oh, cubes. Can I get a picture? I, I, would you mind if I got a picture? Any autographs? No, I didn't see any autographs. No now, autographs. Like, if I, here's, here's the thing. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we're there for work. He's there in, you know, presumably investing in companies in the same industry. And I'm going to take a fucking picture with this guy, but you should be taking a picture with the bomb. You know what I mean? As a newcomer to the industry, as they say, the fact of the matter is if we happen to be crossing paths, would I have said, Hey Mark, how you doing? Would I have checked in on Delonte West as a St. Joe's guy myself? Sure. Absolutely. Would I have said, Hey Mark, you know, what is it that you're looking at getting into here in the industry? Absolutely. But the minute you say, can I get a picture? I mean, you go from being a, a, a colleague, a guy in a similar industry to a fan. Why am I a fan? I don't understand. What is it with like celebrity and fame where people that are in their like 50s and 60s that are suited up and in between meetings are getting a picture with this guy? It's one thing if you're a kid, right? But as an adult and you're in the same place, you're there for business, like, for the same meeting. How about just a conversation? Like, hey, man, like, yeah, I know who you are. Or, I mean, you don't even have to say that. Obviously, obviously, people know who fucking Mark Cuban is, but just be like, 
yeah, hey, how are you? Uh, I- I'm Joe Schmo. Like, I don't know, and just have a fucking conversation. Uh, maybe I'm crazy. Can I, I take mean, a selfie? Yeah, I guess it would even be different if, like, I saw if it was like outside of like a work setting. You know what I mean? Like, you bumped into him at the airport, right? But like, you have a you have a built-in topic to talk about this guy with. You know what I mean? Because we're there for the same reason. Yeah. Yeah. No. So if you, I, yeah. If you're not, uh, you know, if you're not in work mode, then then sure. You know, can I buy a beer? You want to take a picture? You want to tell me how to get absolutely fucking loaded? Like, yeah, sure. Um, but I, I don't think you can you can slobber or drool over somebody in the professional setting, can you? I'll tell you what. Another thing that really this will this will be a uh, an anonymous kind of mini bone, <laughs> and I can't say too much here. Um, but let's 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 just anonymize this entire story. Uh, your boy Bomb went out to an Eagles bar uh, for the game, and uh, some some colleagues brought a customer of theirs. And <clears throat> in talking about Cuban, this guy said, "Yeah, I mean, if I ever get to that point one day, you know, I'm gonna da 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 da." And I'm sitting there with like a freaking beer in my hand, like a Coors Light in an Eagles bar. Like, I'm like, wait, wait, did that guy just say if I ever get there one day? Like, what are we talking about here, dude? If you ever become a billionaire, come on, man. What are we talking about? <laughs> was this was this one of like the 45 to 55 year olds? Like, yes. You don't have yes. a ton of time there, pal. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Look, I know compound interest is like the eighth wonder of the world, but Christ almighty, you are behind the motherfucking eight ball. Yeah. No, and I feel like even though Mark Cuban is rich and famous, like I could think of a million other people where I would not a million, but I could think of a a lot of people where I would be like, yes, I really would want to get a picture with this guy, regardless of situation. Like, I don't know if I if I was at work and I saw I can't even name somebody, but like, you know, whoever's at the top of your list where, you, you know, you'd immediately be like, hey. Great to meet you. Like, want to show my friends. Let me get a picture. But Mark Cuban isn't that guy. Say, hey, Mark, how are you? You know, but he's not a picture guy for me. Hey, Mark, what do you think about Taiwan? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Uh, Well, that's that's cool. I guess you're you were in the presence of Mark. You, You could tell tell us that. You don't have the picture to prove it though. The other thing that's interesting too, when you see, when you see like these, how these guys operate, like, yeah, he's got a folder guy. I don't have a folder guy. Um, so, um, there's that, but I don't know. I mean, you see the guy sitting down, eat lunch and have a business meeting. He's doing the same damn thing. We are like, these guys aren't superhuman. You know what I mean? The guy hit it on a, on his own company that he sold to Yahoo before Yahoo imploded. Like, good for him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but you know, these guys aren't like, like I've respect, I've respect for him. Like, I'm sure he's like, he, he, he's clearly a good business person, you know, but puts his fucking shoes on just like you and I, you know, my father, what's my father say? My father, the chronic shore renter, I'm sitting on the same damn beach. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah, it is. We're all, we're all just people, man. Uh, 
let's let's round it out. Let's get to the mix and match six pack. Uh, I think the college slate is better in week four than it was in week three. Uh, Penn State up to 14 in the AP poll. They got Central Michigan. That is certainly not a game to watch um, for the casual viewer. here's a This is a game I got my eye on, and I don't know if I'll be able to watch it because it's on the Pac-12 network, but 9.30 p.m. Saturday night, the USC Trojans go to Oregon State to take on the 3-0 and what is Oregon State? Are they the Beavers? Yeah. The Beavers, bro. Come on, man. All right, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a little rusty on my Pac-12, you know, especially Oregon State. They feel like they haven't been relevant in a while, but I don't well, know. You if, talked about Utah. You sounded like a Pac-12 sharp. Well, maybe the top half, but it's it's been a minute for Oregon State, but I'm looking at this line. Oregon State is getting six and a half at home from number seven USC. And I feel like my most recent memories of Oregon State haven't been good. SC is kind of the the hot and trendy team right now. The new coach, the new quarterback, the new wide receiver. They're putting up points, this and that. They're only they're laying less than a touchdown against the Beavers on Saturday night, and the total sits at 70 and a half. So that leads me to think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a high-scoring game, and that USC might be on upset alert. So that's my first game uh, in college. The other game I'm looking at in college, I'm going to go to college, one pro, 12 o'clock noon. Like I said, I think this is a great slate. You got good games throughout the day, 12, 3.30, nighttime, 12 o'clock in the ACC. Clemson at Wake Forest. Clemson laying seven and a half. Um, I don't know. I mean, Wake Forest has Hartman back, right? Uh, he's kind of their leader. He's the heart and soul of the team. Been with the program for, what, five years? Uh, the quarterback there, Sam Hartman. Uh, and then Clemson is still, I guess, rolling with DJU at quarterback. We'll see if Wake Forest can kind of get out, get out of the gate. Does Clemson go to Klubnik uh, to get things rolling? I don't know, but I just think I think this is a close game. You look at how Clemson performed last year. They had a tough year. Uh, this would certainly be a bad spot. I think this is Clemson's first real test of the season as the number five team in the country. Uh, certainly something to keep an eye on. Uh, so that's at 12 o'clock. And then I'll give my third game over in the NFL uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I'm very curious to see this game. We talked about Nathaniel Hackett uh, and the Denver Broncos and how shitty they've been to start despite getting the win on Sunday. Uh, and then you've got the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy G back in the fold, Trey Lance out for the season. The 49ers go to Denver uh, to take on the Broncos on Sunday night football. Uh, the 49ers are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I think that's a sketchy line. Anybody that's paid attention to the Denver Broncos the last two weeks uh, would think to hammer the 49ers. I think it's a really interesting spot. I think 49ers could blow them out, but I kind of think it's fishy. I have a weird feeling about Denver this week. I don't know about the coach, um, but again, I think you've got to expect the, the players on the Broncos to mesh 
at least. Uh, but fishy line and interesting game on Sunday night. Kind of two two prominent teams or two popular teams. Uh, we'll see who comes out on top. But that's my three. Bob, why don't you top us off? Yeah, I'll give you three here to finish off the six-pack, and I'm looking all in the NFL. We're getting towards the end of September. Let's let's stick with the men, the men on the gridiron for the bomb. First game I'm looking at that's interesting to me is uh, is really a game that's going to tell you a bit about the Philadelphia Eagles. Detroit at Minnesota getting six. Minnesota coming off a short week where they traveled, coming back home. Detroit with a big win. Two two weeks, first two weeks of the season, they're putting up points. I don't know, man. Six points seems like a lot. I'm interested to see how this line moves throughout the week. But that's a game I have my eyes on because, number one, I think it's a lot of points. Number two, I want to see what it means for the Eagles. Second game I'm looking at is over in the AFC. It's a team that historically has gone up to Foxborough and laid the boom. The Baltimore Ravens coming off a crushing, crushing defeat in their home opener. To, uh, at the hands of Tua, um, they're laying two and a half at New England. Now, New England wins that sloppy game, as you called it, in Pittsburgh. Do they get right at home? Baltimore coming in, do they turn it around? Lamar looks great, but the defense gave everything up over the top. I don't know, man. Interesting line, interesting teams, interesting coaching matchup. It's a game I have my eyes on there. And then the last one. Uh, a quarterback I can't stand versus a team I can't stand. The L.A. Rams going to Arizona. You know, Midget Mary was probably hooting and hollering, whooping it up in the in the locker room with the boys, getting the multiplayer cod going. Come on, man, get on the Xbox, guys. We just won. We're ready to party. Let's go <laughs> pop some tops. Going home to Arizona. L.A. coming in. Scared shitless after almost blowing that lead against Atlanta. Do those guys get refocused? Guess what? LA's laying three and a half on the road in a divisional game. I don't know what to think there, fellas, but those are the three games I'm looking at. Midget Murray, man. That shit will never get old. Uh that 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 play, not not only to force the overtime, I mean he scrambled for a while there, but there was one earlier and I think it was like over thirty seconds of him just running around. He ran back like thirty yards on like a yep. goal to goal goal to go play. It's they said he ran eight over eighty yards in total on that play. The last time I saw a play like that was when Super Five was running around on Monday night football. McNabb, yeah. It hitting Fred X. Yeah, at least he threw a bomb afterward. He didn't he didn't throw a two footer. Um too funny, yeah. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, and I want I want to get get your thoughts talking about Survivor Pool. It's a tough week. We're trying to go off the board. Juice and I, uh, we're we're ninety nine percent locked in here. Uh, Wednesday night, we're taking a Thursday night game, and we're taking the Cleveland Browns this week over Pittsburgh. I don't hate it. I mean, that's a crushing loss. I think Pittsburgh is still playing. Like Pittsburgh has to figure out this quarterback situation. I mean, Trubisky's so bad. And no Watt. Like I feel like the Browns, they can get it moving on the ground. Brissett is competent enough to not do anything too tragic. And I think Trubisky obviously stinks. And Browns at home. I don't know. We're trying to go off the board. We've we've gone chalk the first two weeks with Ravens and Broncos. So. 
trying to save some of the big guns uh, for later in the year should we get there. And I don't know if I love the Bills this week either. At Miami, laying six. So that's uh, two two and zero teams in the AFC East. Um, so that's a little more than a six pack, but a lot of good football to come this week. Uh, and thanks to our sponsor, Menard Premium Detailing, the best auto detail service in Bucks County. Check them out on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and online at MenardPremiumDetailing.com. And to everybody listening out there, I leave you one thing, one challenge. Tell one person that doesn't know about this podcast. Tell them about it. Tell them about Thoughts from the Shade. Uh, And we'll talk to everybody next week. Big game for the Eagles. Hurts, Wentz, the saga will be decided. Have a good week, everyone.